0: Yo, what's good, my fellow ballers? Welcome back to another installment of Ballin' with Tyler Tide. Thank you for tuning in. We are right back into playoff action. Let's get the ball rolling, you! NBA playoff games through Friday through Sunday. Another big week for basketball playoffs with some teams tying up some of their series, but also one series in particular that has come to an end. So for Friday's selections of games, the first game I'm going to cover is the Hawks-Knicks series. The Hawks ended up winning this game 105-94. They take a 2-1 series lead. The Hawks, this time around, actually played very well-rounded basketball, shooting over 50% from three and also from the field. Their leading scorer, Trey Young, finished with 21 points, one rebound, and 14 assists. Next leading scorer, Bogdan Bogdanovich, finished with 15 points, eight rebounds, and three assists. Their starting center, Clint Capella, finished with 13 points, 12 rebounds, and 2 assists. And finally, their starting power forward, John Collins, finished with 14 points, 6 rebounds, and 2 assists. Now that right there is how you win a basketball game. Shooting over 50% from both the field and 3 and having contributors besides Trey and Bogdan. Because in the first two games, they really were only the real scoring providers. No one else. If the Hawks continue this kind of play against the Knicks, I see no reason why they shouldn't be able to take the series. New York, on the other hand, only shot 30% from three and 35.8% from the field. Their leading scorer, Derrick Rose, finished with 30 points, 6 rebounds, and 5 assists. Next leading scorer was Julius Randle, who finished with 14 points, 11 rebounds, and 2 assists. The Knicks are starting to slowly lose their grip on this series, and I believe in the Hawks now more so than the Knicks to win this series. Talking the game for recap later. On to Boston. Boston would win this game 125 to 119. They take a 2 1 lead over Brooklyn. I don't know how Brooklyn lost this game with the way they played and scored. Kevin Durant dropped 39 points, grabbed nine boards, and had one assist. James Harden dropped 41 points, seven rebounds, and 10 assists. Kyrie Irving finished with 16 points, six rebounds, and two assists and they somehow still managed to lose the game while shooting 42.1% from three and 45.2% from the field. Boston came out swinging, though, needing a big bounce-back game like this. Jason Tatum went off, went off. And, dude, I mean in a big way he went off. 50 points, 6 rebounds, and 7 assists. He was responsible for the late-game dagger to put the game away. Marcus Smart finished with 23 points, 3 rebounds, and 6 assists. Former Cavalier Tristan Thompson finished with 19 points, 13 rebounds, and one assist. Boston shot 50% from the field and 41% from three. This has been a good series so far. I would like to see Boston take this series, and I know that is unacceptable of me to do so since I am a Laker fan, <laughs> but I don't care to see another super team like Brooklyn just casually make their way through the playoffs. I don't believe in the hype of their team. Yes, I understand they have three, four all-star players, and I just think KD is a total weenie face, but that's okay. Side note, I also will be talking about the game for a recap of that series later in the show. Returning to the Los Angeles Clippers-Dallas series, the Clippers would take game three over the Mavericks, 118-108. to Dallas still has a 2-1 lead. Dallas, unfortunately, would go on to lose their first game of this series, Clippers had two huge performances from Paul George and Kawhi, just like in the previous two games. Kawhi Leonard finished with 36 points, eight rebounds, and three assists. Paul George finished with 29 points, seven rebounds, and four assists. Clippers shot 57.9% from the field and 41.9% from three. Very productive team game, but they still have not managed to slow down Luka Doncic in any way, shape, or form. In this game, Luka finished with 44 points, nine rebounds, and nine assists. Next leading scorer was Max Kleber with four, only 14 points, one rebound, and one assist. If Dallas wishes to win this series, they will need Tim Hardaway Jr. to return to his former self where in game one and two, he scored over 20 points in each. Also, Kristaps Porzingis, nine points this game? Really, dude? We need more from you if you stand any chance of beating the Clippers. Game four recap also coming later in the show. Now looking at the Saturday crop of games, this is where we had the series finale. Milwaukee would sweep the Miami Heat 4-0 in the series, but winning this game 120-103, they will play the winner of Boston-Brooklyn series. I knew this was going to happen. The Bucks are the clear-cut number one team in the Eastern Conference for me. Brooklyn stands a good chance of beating them if they do end up playing them, but Milwaukee is stacked from top to bottom. The Milwaukee Bucks shot 46.5% from the field but an extremely poor 31% from three Giannis finished with 20 points, 12 rebounds and 15 assists in the playoffs. They will go far because of the play of this guy right here. Unstoppable moving force, literally insane. Chris Middleton finished with 20 points, 11 rebounds and three assists. Brooke Lopez finished with 25 points and eight rebounds. And Bryn Forbes finished with 22 points and two rebounds this is why they closed out this game. Major production from your stars and some rotational pieces putting in work, more like usually more work than what they've done before. In all honesty, the Heat just flat out got smoked in every game. Nothing was cohesive. Jimmy Butler had a terrible series. 17 points in the first game, 19 in the next, 10 in the third game, and 12 in the finale. Their star player, the man getting the big bucks, didn't have one game over 20 points. No wonder you lost. They had some solid production from Kendrick Nunn and Bam Adebayo in this game. Adebayo finished with 20 points, 14 rebounds, and 4 assists. Nunn finished with 18 points, 1 rebound, and 1 assist. The Heat shot 33.3% from 3 and 44% from the field. Were out-rebounded by 16 and had 8 points less than the Bucks when it came to points in the paint. Milwaukee moves on and like I said we'll face the winner of the Boston Brooklyn series. That next series is going to be really really damn good. Be on the lookout for that one. Moving to the Western Conference, we had Portland versus Denver. The series is tied up 2-2 now. Portland would take game 4, 115 to 195. This series has been a roller coaster ride, both teams duking it out and putting everything on the line, which is so great to see. Blazers shot 50% from the field and 36.4% from three. Norman Powell, big night from him, usually plays in a bench role, has actually never really been a starter in his career, finished with 29 points, two rebounds, and one assist. CJ McCollum finished with 21 points, four rebounds, and eight assists. Even with an off night scoring from Damian Lillard, 10 points, eight rebounds, and eight assists from him, the Blazers still managed to play an effective game against the Nuggets. Nuggets shot very poorly from three, 29.5% from three, and 34% from the field. Their leading scorer, Nikola Jokic, finished with 16 points, nine rebounds, and one assist. They did not have any other players over 15 points and not one player over 20 points. Okay, so just let that sink in. Obviously, the ball was just not dropping tonight, and there will be games like that. Players will have the touch some days, and some days they will not. Overall, it looked like the Nuggets did not have the same team factor as well as the player factor they had in previous games. Game five of that series will be today at 6 p.m. Make sure to check that out. Just check out all these games. I've been saying that after everyone. The, all the basketball, they've, it, playoff basketball actually has been very fun to watch. Now, wrapping up the Saturday games, we return to the Utah-Memphis series in game three. The Jazz have 121-111 over the Grizzlies. They take a 2-1 series lead. This is actually the first time I'm covering the Utah-Memphis series, and I'm extremely excited to talk about this one because there's a lot of good players on both teams. Memphis has played well against the number one seed, Jazz, and winning a game against them is no easy task. Even though they lost this game, they have been fighting in each one, and you can tell Memphis shot 31.7% from three and 43% from the field. Grizzlies leading scorer was John Morant, arguably one of the best point guards in the league under 25. He finished with 28 points, three rebounds, and seven assists. Dylan Brooks finished with 27 points, three rebounds, and two assists. Grayson Allen, Mr. Cheap Shot, Mr. Cheaty Skate, finished with 17 points and three rebounds. If anybody doesn't know who he is, he's just a really dirty player and I don't like him. Utah had a solid game from the field and three, 49.4% from the field and 44.2% from three. Leading Jazz scorer was Donovan Mitchell, 29 points, 2 rebounds, and 5 assists. Other guard, Mike Conley, former Grizzly. That's pretty crazy. He's playing his former team in the playoffs. Finished with 27 points, 6 rebounds, and 8 assists. Starting center, Rudy Gobert. Finished with 15 points and 14 rebounds. That dude is just so productive on the boards and defense. It's freaking crazy. And then Bohan Bogdanovich, not related to Boban. Finished with 15 points, 6 rebounds, and 1 assist. The Jazz are very talented, and I really do not see the Grizzlies taking this series, but it would be awesome to see them pull some games out. Obviously, we love the underdog. Make the Jazz work for it. That's the whole point. I mean, the Grizzlies are talented, but it's just going to be really tough to hang for a seven-game series if that turns out to be the case. Looking at the Sunday's game, returning to the Atlanta-New York series, Atlanta would take game four in a big way, 113-96, taking a commanding 3-1 lead in this series. Another big game from Trey Young, 27 points, 1 rebound, and 9 assists. John Collins again, 22 points, 8 rebounds, and 1 assist. A player that I actually haven't talked about from Atlanta, Danielle Gallinari, he actually had a good game too. 21 points, 4 rebounds, and 1 assist. Hawks shot 43.9% from the field and 38.5% from three. Now looking at New York, another bad game from three, shot 31% from three, but an okay 42% from the field. Knicks leading scorer, Julius Randle, finished with 23 points, 10 rebounds, and 7 assists. R.J. Barrett, finally calling his name to produced very well this game. 21 points, 6 rebounds, and 4 assists. Derrick Rose, who seems to be their really only reliable scorer throughout the series aside from Randle, finished with 18 points, 2 rebounds, and 6 assists. The Knicks are now playing, come behind basketball now. Atlanta is ready for Game 5, and I just like I said earlier, I don't see New York pulling it out. Atlanta just has the young core of talent. So does New York, but Atlanta has that better experience and I just think they have that that slight edge against the Knicks. Now coming back to LA, but for a different LA team this time, the LA Lakers and the Phoenix Suns series, game 4. Suns would take the Lakers 100-92. Suns shot 43.5% from the field and an extremely poopy 28.6% from three. Suns' leading scorer was Chris Paul. About damn time he did something this series. 18 points, three rebounds, and nine assists. Devin Booker finished with 17 points, seven rebounds, and five assists. DeAndre Ayton finished with 14 points, 17 rebounds. Jay Crowder finished with 17 points, seven rebounds, and four assists. The Lakers shot 39.5% from the field and 32.5% from three. Not at all what do you want to see at, that's just you will not win any series or game shooting like that. LeBron led all scores with 25 points, 12 rebounds, and six assists. Next leading Lakers scorer was Marc Gasol with 12 points, eight rebounds, and three assists. Anthony Davis left the game with the left groin strain, but before leaving, finished with six points, four rebounds, and three assists. And they're very not optimistic that he will return for Game 5. So it's looking that, again, LeBron has to lead the way. And like I said before, and I will say it again, the Lakers will really struggle without Anthony Davis, and it shows. They were awful in the first game when he dropped only 13 points. And then leaving this game, they lost. LeBron's track record suggests still that they will win this series because of how he plays, but he will need some help desperately without the aid of Anthony Davis. This series is now tied 2-2. The Lakers, man, always seem to make it interesting when it shouldn't be. (laughs) Returning to the Dallas and Clippers series, Dallas is starting to slowly lose its grip, man. The Clippers would come back and take game four of the series, tying up the series 2-2, and this game was an absolute blowout. Mavericks shot 16.7% from three and 34.8% from the field. Their star player, Luca had a very off night, 19 points, 6 rebounds, and 6 assists. I say off night because the dude has been dropping 25-plus each game like a psychopath. So even though that stat line may be nice from this game, it's an off night from him. Next leading scorer from Dallas was Christoph Porzingis, 18 points, 5 rebounds. Nice little bounce-back game from him. Besides those two, they only had one other player over 10 points. That is so bad, dude. Horrible team production, and obviously it shows. Clippers shot 39.4% from three, but a solid 48.1% from the field. Another big game from Kawhi Leonard, 29 points, 10 rebounds, and three assists. Paul George dropped 20 points, snagged nine rebounds, and dished out three assists. Also had some solid production from Reggie Jackson, 15 points, five rebounds, and two assists. The Clippers would out-rebound Dallas by 12, but did commit more turnovers by Dallas, 3 to be exact. Clippers had the upper hand shooting in this game, and it does not help Dallas whatsoever when Luka does not perform. Series tied 2-2. Come on, Dallas. We need you to pull through, man, for real. Okay, so now ending the NBA playoff mayhem with one more game. I know it's a lot. Returning to the Brooklyn-Boston series. Brooklyn would take game four of this series. Two massive performances from KD and Kyrie. The Nets shot 59.3% from three, almost 60%. Almost 60% from three. People, that is nuts for basketball percentages. They also shot 57.8% from the field. Legit, they were not missing this game like at all. Kyrie Irving finished with 39 points, 11 rebounds, and two assists. Kevin Durant finished with 42 points, 4 rebounds, and 2 assists. The final piece of the big three, James Harden finished with 23 points, 5 rebounds, and 18 assists. If you can't slow down those three, and that is a very big task, there is no hope for anyone, okay? Even Milwaukee, I think they're the clear-cut number one, but they will have to figure out how to slow those three down. And don't and remember, they also have Blake Griffin as well. That's another star player, so don't forget about him. Boston shot 34.1% from three and 43.5% from the field. Tatum had another huge game, 40 points, seven rebounds, and five assists. Next leading scorer was Marcus Smart, 16 points, six rebounds, and nine assists. And you can you can tell the Celtics really missed the production from Jalen Brown. He's been absent this whole series. Also... Starting point guard Kemba Walker played the first three games but was out for this one. Brooklyn takes a commanding 3-1 series lead, heading back home for game five in Brooklyn where they will most likely close out the series, unfortunately. But that is a wrap for all the NBA playoff games. Keep watching all those series, specifically that Lakers-Sun series, Clippers-Mavericks, and then this Boston-Brooklyn one is good. It's probably going to come to a very swift end shortly. But now moving on to NHL playoffs, we saw... We saw the series conclusion, the one I highlighted to look out for, the Golden Knights and Minnesota Wild, and that game was just a, a blowout by the Knights. They would win 6-2. to two. They win this series 4-3, to three, and we'll be you on the Colorado Avalanche in the next round of the playoffs. Matthias Janmark had a huge game, three goals and four shots on goal. Nick Holden had one goal, one point, and four shots on goal. Their goalie, Mark andre Fleury, another solid game from him. A .900 save percentage, 20 shot attempts, 18 saved. The Wild struggled to get anything going in their goalie Cam Talbot really struggled in this game. A .848 save percentage, 33 shot attempts, 28 saved. It was not the Wilds' year, unfortunately, and the Golden Knights look like the team to beat, and they seriously do because they've just been on a tear ever since they came into the league. Saturday games, good collection of games for Saturday. Maple Leafs Canadian, Canadians would win 3-2. The series is now tied 3-3. Three, three. Overtime thriller, the Canadians would pull it off. Leading skater, Tyler Toffoli, former king. We really miss you in LA. Finished with one goal, one assist, two points, and five shots on goal. Carey Price, Canadian's goalie. Had a busy night, but a solid one nonetheless. A .953 save percentage, 43 shot attempts, 41 saved. TJ Brody. Maple Leafs' leading scorer finished with one goal, one point, and two shots on goal. Their goalie, Jack Campbell, finished with a .903 save percentage, 31 shot attempts, 28 saved. And the series finale was yesterday. Montreal would take the series finale, 3-1, advancing to the next round. Canadians' leading scorer, Brendan Gallagher and Tyler Toffoli, both shared a goal apiece and an even six shots on goal between the two. Their goalie, Carey Price, big game from him a .968 save percentage, 31 shot attempts, 30 saved. Maple Leafs goalie Jack Campbell, 22 shot attempts, 20 saved for a .909 save percentage. Toronto is sent home. Montreal advances and will take on the Winnipeg Jets in the second round. First game of that series is Wednesday, June 2nd at 4.30 p.m. A brand new series I'm covering. Islanders and Bruins face off for the first time. Bruins taking the first game 5-2 taking a 1-0 series lead. Of course, the Bruins advanced and won the first game of the series. Annoying as hell. (laughs) Anyway, leading scorer for the Bruins was David Pastrak. Three goals, three points, and seven shots on goal. Patrice Bergeron, two assists, two points, and eight shots on goal. Their goalie, Tuka Rask, finished with a .909 save percentage, 22 shot attempts, 20 saved. The Islanders really struggled to keep the Bruins out of the shot category. Islanders' leading scorer was Adam Pelich, finished with one goal, one point, and two shots on goal. Jordan Eberle finished with two assists, two points, and two shots on goal. Their goalie, Ilya Sorokin, struggled this game, a .897 save percentage, 39 shot attempts, 35 saves. Bruins take an early game win. They are obviously up in the series. Now, moving on to the Sunday games, Lightning Hurricanes face off for the first time. Lightning takes the first game of the series 2-1. to one. Leading score for Tampa Bay was Barclay Goodrow, One goal, one point, and two shots on goal. Their goalie, Andrew Vazilevsky, a .974 save percentage, 38 shot attempts, 37 saved. Hurricanes leading scorer, Jake Beam, one goal, one point, and one shot on goal. Their goalie, Alex Nedokovic, a .933 save percentage, 30 shot attempts, 28 saved. Lightning takes the first game of the series. They're up 1-0 in the series. Now going back to this series, another brand new one. Golden Knights, Avalanche face off for the first time. Have no idea what happened in this game, and the Knights flat out got smoked. The Avalanche take the first game of the series by a big margin, 7-1. Nathan McKinnon, leading score for Colorado, two goals, one assist, Three points and eight shots on goal. Huge night for him, dude. Eight shots on goal. The guy was just hucking the puck with his stick. Also had some help from Landis Cog and Makar. Makar had one goal, three assists, four points, and four shots on goal. Landis Cog had two goals, one assist, three points, and two shots on goal. Huge night for their goalie, Phillip Grubauer. A .960 save percentage, 25 shot attempts, 24 saved. William Carlson was the only Golden Knight to register a goal. Their usual goalie, Mark andre Fleury, was set out this game for some odd reason. Not injured. I'm really not sure why. Maybe was given a rest because of the previous seven-game series. That would breed unfortunate results as their backup goalie, Robin Lanier, gave up seven goals, 37 shot attempts, 30 saved for a .811 save percentage. Bad start for the Knights and a huge starter game for the Avalanche. I still bounce back. I mean, I'm not at all concerned with what they got going on. They've been just on a tear in recent years. But that wraps it up for all the NHL playoff games. But now finishing with baseball, like I always do, we're not really finishing, but you know have to have baseball at least somewhere in the show. This weekend series with the Houston Astros was seriously, it seriously was was nuts, and they really played with the intensity like it was a playoff game, like it was the NL Wild Card Series or the Divisional Series. And it was true clutch genes this whole weekend. So the Friday extra inning showdown, Podgers Padres would win 10-3, 11-inning game. The Padres have started to use a six-man rotation, slowly integrating Denelson Lament back into the starting rotation as he is still recovering from Tommy John surgery. Okay game from him, three innings pitched, five hits, two earned, two walks, and three strikeouts. It really was a bullpen day as we used six pitchers after his exit. Nick Ramirez would pitch two innings. Nabil Crismat would also pitch two. Then Tim Hill, Emilio Pagan, Awesome Adams, and Mark Melanson all with one inning pitched. Astros starting pitcher Framber Valdez held the Padres to only two hits through four, giving up one earned run, two walks, and striking out four. Christian Javier would come on to replace him after replicating the same performance. Four innings pitched, two hits, one earned, two walks, and four strikeouts. Fernando Tatis Jr. would hit a solo shot in the top of the eighth to tie the game at two. Literally a just absolute rocket to left field. We would then go to extra innings. Machado singled home a runner, making it 3-2. Melanson would come on in the bottom of the tenth to save the game. And unfortunately, he was not able to do so this time around, tying up the game at three. He escaped the jam, thank God. The Padres would then shell the Astros' bullpen for seven runs in the 11th inning, and we would go on to win the game 10-3. So game one of the series, edge to San Diego. Now Saturday, another extra-inning showdown. This game was even more crazy than the first one. The Padres would win 11-8, a 12-inning game. So we played four extra-inning games in a row. Four in a row, to be exact, setting a Padre record for most consecutive extra-inning games played. Four, dude. Much like the first game, the Astros' starting pitching got to the Padres. Jake Odorizzi pitched five and a third, allowing only three hits, one earned, one walk, and four strikeouts. Yu Darvish, on the other hand, did not pitch like his usual self. Five innings pitched, four hits, four earned, three walks, and five strikeouts—by far his worst outing this year. But that's okay. That will—that just ha- that has to happen with pitchers. It can't guys. These guys can't just go on tears forever. By the fifth inning, we were down 5-0, then 6-1 in the bottom of the sixth. We scored two more runs in the eighth to cut the deficit 6-3. to Now, this is where it gets juicy. Two outs, two on. Fernando Tatis up to bat. First pitch fouls off, almost caught by Astros first baseman Taylor Jones, but the trajectory of the ball had him confused, so he stumbled and missed the catch. The next pitch, Nando would hit a moonshot to left field to tie the game at six. And I mean moonshot. It literally hit the train tracks in Minute Maid Park. <laughs> Tied the game in the most clutch part of the game. And this is why we pay him over $300 million. Take notes, Manny Machado, okay? Nando saving our bacon. We go into extra innings again. Podgers and Astros trade runs in the 10th and also the 11th. Podgers had two opportunities to close the game, but Melanson struggled once again. And Austin Adams threw a wild pitch to Carantini in the bottom of the 11th to score the runner from third with two outs left to tie the game again. Top of the 12th, two on. Will Myers up to bat, hits a rocket to right field. Big homer. Padres up 11-8. Huge game for Myers. Three for five, one run, one walk, and four RBIs. Padres reliever Miguel Diaz would come in and close the game out, giving up no runs, no hits, no walks and one strikeout to secure Game 2 of this series. Now, Game 3 was just an absolute just pile of crap from the Padres. Blake Snell has still not found his groove, and I don't know if he was really worth the trade anymore at this point. I really miss Luis Patino, man. Snell this game, only three innings pitched, five hits, seven earned, three walks, and three strikeouts. I saw on SportsCenter the other day, In his last two starts, he's given up, I think, at least 12 earned runs. Dude, that is so bad from a guy that has won the Cy Young Award before. And we traded, like, one of our top pitching prospects to get. Dude, he needs to figure out ASAP. Like, he's starting to annoy me. Zach Granke, on the other hand, all-time gangster. Pitched eight innings for the Astros, allowing only six hits, one earned, one walk, and four strikeouts. Their right fielder, Kyle Tucker, was one for four one run, and three RBIs. The Padres made a late nine-inning push once again. Myers hits a solo home run to cut the deficit to five. Hosmer would then be walked after him. HaShang Kim would then hit a two-run bomb to get the game within three. Jorge Mateo would strike out to end the game. Padres are now 34-21. and 21. We are second place in the NL West. We were first at one point, but the Giants just seem to be playing so good, and it's really annoying. Rad series to watch, and the Padres are still playing good baseball, even though we lost this game, and we did happen to lose yesterday's game, and then the Chicago Cubs. So two games lost in a row. Nothing to be worried about, but the Padres will bounce back. It is all good. But also, it is that time for the episode to come to an end. Thank you for checking out episode 33 of ball with Tyler Todd oh my gosh 33 it's crazy That I'm already done this many I will See all you ballers on Friday Later